keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for bunion country Checking in with our guy from North Country Guide Service, uh, Matt Brewer. Matt, uh, one of the cool things I've been hearing this summer is basically anytime I talk to anybody about Lake Bemidji is the walleye bite is still on. Uh, we are heading towards August. Can we continue to make that claim? Yeah, and the weird thing about it is that you can still find fish really shallow if you want. That's what I heard. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still fishing a lot of like six to six to nine feet of water and uh and clients are still really happy with the bite so um it's been it's been kind of a weird year i mean water temps you know they they spiked early and they've stayed pretty warm and and we had that huge algae bloom and you know it doesn't it doesn't clear up as well with all the phosphates in the rain and we've had plenty of that this year so um pretty dirty water equates to good daytime walleye fishing and makes uh, a lot of happy smiley anglers <laughs> No doubt. And the thing about it, if they're staying shallow along the weeds, that's just so easy to follow. It is. Um, and if you want to direct people to the weeds, that's just fine. But I'll, I'll, I'll stick to the sand and the rock. Okay. <laughs> um, there's still fish in, in the weeds as well. I mean, if you want, like right now is a great time to take a kid fishing. And I've been having a lot of fun with family groups because I can go pull crankbaits in the weeds. And, uh, you know, you're going to get everything. We, we've got muskies, we've got walleyes, we've got northerns, we've got perch. And the perch are a really nice size in the cabbage right now and, and very abundant. So um, great time to get out and do that. And, you know, typically if you're going to take kids fishing, you're, you're going to say, oh, go to Big Turtle or Grace or Big Bass or something like that and send them to, to one of those lakes for panfish. But right now you can do it on Lake Bemidji. So. Wow. Yeah, it has been a spectacular summer. There, and again, the thing that is so weird—not only are they shallow, as you just noted—they're they're shallow uh, in the rocks. And normally, if you're going to be shallow in August, it is going to have to be in the weeds. Yeah, and the the other weird thing is, uh, we did try some lead core the other day, and and we were finding fish in like twenty eight to thirty two feet of water, and they're willing to bite as well. So. You, you can almost pick your poison. You can rig red tails deep. You can pull lead cord deep. You can fish the mid-range stuff, rigging leeches or crawlers or spinners on the brake lines and the weed edges, or you can go right up in the weeds or on the rocks. I mean, uh, fish are really scattered, but when you find pockets of them, you, you can really get into them in any depth. So. Are you seeing a good diversity of sizes? You know, I'm really not. Um, the fish that I've been sticking to and... and trying to stay on top of um you know when you're out a lot you kind of just you kind of just do what the the one group <laughs> one group of fish is telling you to do and and then you move to a different spot and that group of that group of fish dictates what you're going to do that day as well and and i'm i'm on a numbers game you know i'm trying to get get clients on numbers yep and every once in a while we'll pick up like a 22 or 24 uh, i did have a client get a 28 and a half the other day but like 90 percent of the fish are like 11 to 18 inches, most of them being right in that 15 to 18 inch range. That That's really good news, though. Yeah, it's perfect eaters. And and this is one year where, um, 
every year about this time, I talk about all the little walleyes and how it's great to see little walleyes because that's our future. Um, and this year, I'm really not seeing a huge abundance of those 10, 10 and 11 inchers. Uh, most of the fish are box fish. You know, they're 13 or better. So. Okay. This is a pretty amazing lake when you think about it. I mean, there hasn't been a, a fish uh, uh, thrown into this lake since they threw in uh, muskies in like 1980. It's all natural reproduction, year in, year out, and just just keeps cranking. Yeah, and I mean, when they've got you know, when they when fisheries has a few extra muskies that they that they didn't dump in somewhere else, you know, they might might trickle those into Bemidji, but. Yeah, it's, I get clients all the time. They're like, so how many walleyes do they put in here every year? And I'm like, they don't put any. This is all, they're doing all this on their own. So, super impressive. And, of course, when when you can be on Lake Bemidji and you know you're going to get a bite, that just makes life easier for a guide, right? Yeah, it's, it's nice being able to go to one spot and, and uh, or one lake with many spots. You know, they, they, the spot doesn't always pan out. The calm days are the tough days. Uh, luckily, we've had quite a bit of wind lately, and uh, the windy days are are definitely good. Um, the calm days, you got to work a little harder, and and you got to uh, try a few different spots. But eventually, you're going to find biting fish. Um, and I'm waiting for this to die off, and it will happen. You're going to call me one day, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, no. <laughs> but uh, but right now, things are stable and and pretty good as long as the wind blows. And like I said, those calm days, they do get a little tougher, but you can still catch fish. Coming up next, another tough question for the aquatic biologist. But first, a lot more from the wise and wonderful Matt Brewer. If you are not listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, we can talk about you and your poor decision-making skills. Day, I won't go fishing. Of course, I'll be dead. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Checking in with Matt Brewer from North Country Guide Service today. And Matt, there's a couple of other lakes where I've been getting fairly good reports, others that are more typical for this time of year, but uh, it's like an automatic call and talk about Lake Bemidji, and, and you're going to have a good report. You're going to have several minutes to fill. So that's, uh, it's again, it's just a, a really good year. Yeah, it is. And we're, we're not seeing those dog days, and uh, I think they're going to happen soon. Um, and I think we'll probably be switching over to straight lead core um, very, very soon here. But uh, I, I, I've been saying that for a few weeks, waiting for it to happen, and it just isn't happening. So. You know, but that, that perch bite about Bemidji, um, it's something we hear a lot about during, you know, ice fishing season. We don't hear as much about it in the summer, but they're there, and they're, like you noted, really nice sizes. Yeah, and they're delicious. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the other thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I know you like uh, you like Big Turtle. Have you had a chance to fish there lately? No, I've been so stuck on Bemidji, and then uh, actually doing a few musky trips uh, I've got two two musky trips this week, and then did one a couple weeks ago, and and uh, I was out on leech this past week, and then uh, over in the cast area yesterday. So um, it's either Bemidji or muskies, one or the other. So I I really don't 
don't have my finger on the pulse on Big Turtle right now. Jason did a trip out there for me, I think it was last week. I don't even know what day it is, Kev, but um, <laughs> but he, he did okay. He said it was a little tougher, um, but it was one of those calm days, and uh, and the the fishing was okay. Okay. But uh, I, don't, I don't even know where he was fishing or what tactics he was using or anything like that, so you'll have to ask him. <laughs> so, so how long have you been in the muskie game? Well, I, I've thrown myself in and out of it many times. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, you know, when I started, I, I, I did some of it, and, and, and then I said I'm never doing it again. And then I had Tim on our team. He was doing pretty much all of our muskie trips. And then I kind of said, okay, I'll start doing them again. And, I mean, that's, that's my secret addiction on my days off. I, <laughs> I want to I go try to catch a muskie. I I'm terrible at it. I can put other people on them, but I can't catch them myself. But, but yeah, they're they're a lot of fun, and and it's been a really good year for them. So, has it been? It's been you, you've been doing okay. Well, other people okay. have. <laughs> your and, your guests and have been doing okay, my, and people in my boat have. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I if I have to net one more muskie for somebody else, I might pull my hair out. <laughs> what are the biggest ones you've seen so far this year? Uh, well, picture-wise, I saw just like uh, almost 40-pounder yesterday that was caught in the Bemidji area, and then wow. uh, the, day, the day before, a 52-incher, so um, there's definitely some big ones being caught, but uh, you'd have to talk to someone better at musky fishing than, <laughs> than myself to uh, to get a really good, accurate report. I just uh, I just keep hearing from everybody how good it is, and I keep seeing fish when uh, when I'm casting, and and been lucky enough to to net a couple. So, are they uh, are they kind of scattered here and there? Is there any particular spot you might you're seeing more muskies? Just shallow cabbage weeds. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of where they live all year round. They just seem to be a little more active right now with uh, with water temps and everything. So, okay. So the nice thing, as you say, about Bemidji is everything seems to be biting right now. It does. Every, everything seems to be a go. I uh, I wish there were more panfish in Bemidji because um, <laughs> it'd be really it'd be really fun then. But uh, but then you know we wouldn't maybe have the fishery that we do. Right. It's uh, yeah. Everything's a little bit different, but it's just uh, uh, it's so cool that you can go out uh, as what do they call it? Uh, Chamber of Commerce hours eight to five and catch walleyes this time of year. Yeah, it's fun, and I like to be. I like to be home at night. I don't like to fish after dark. I've only had to put the lights in twice this year. So, All right. Well, uh, if we're heading out this week, uh, obviously we can go for walleyes. Uh, what do you think they that we should be bringing in the boat if we want to catch some walleyes? I'm running Selmo Hornets. And, uh, you know, if, if you've got uh, Rapalas, you're going to do okay as well. But I'm just running Selmo Hornets, and I'm either pulling them, like I said, on lead or straight 10-pound mono and running them back about 80 to 90 feet i'm i'm running line counters so i can you know if i get a fish at a certain uh certain length behind the boat i can try to replicate that on the rest of the rods and and that uh that seems to be working otherwise uh otherwise like i said red tails out deep or or spinners and crawlers everything is kind of going you can kind of pick your poison and pick your depth all right and uh we want to use you or any of your fine crew uh how do we get a hold of you and get set up just go to northcountryguides.com and you can find all of our 
all of our contact info and our social media links right there. All right, Matt Brewer from North Country Guide Service joining us. Matt, as always, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Kip. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Ask the aquatic biologist. Time to ask the aquatic biologist once again, Dr. Andrew Haves from Bemidji State University. Uh, Andy, we talked so much about uh, the fishing aspect and the boating aspect and the other things. One of the other things people love to do on lakes is uh, get wild rice and... Uh, one of your students asked the question, does the wild rice being grown in lakes affect the nutrients one way or the other, thus influencing the growth of other organisms in the lake? Yes. Right? Okay. Everything is connected. That's what makes ecology so cool and so difficult to study. So if you think about the productivity of your favorite lake or how fast the fish are growing in that lake, it's affected by a lot of different things, like water temperature, so what climate you're in. Mm-hmm. It's affected by how much light can hit it. So again, that's largely determined by the latitude that you're at uh, and how narrow the lake is and whether it's shaded or not. The amount of phosphorus coming in is a huge one, right? So those are things and, and that are largely influencing the productivity of the system, right? Okay. Waterfall, terrestrial organisms, all of those things are connected. The ducks really like to use uh, the wild rice. Invertebrates that are in the water like to use the wild rice. So there are a lot of things that are going on there. Uh, the ducks that come in, they eat the wild rice. They also poop. So there's <laughs> nutrient dynamic dynamics going on there. Uh, the wild rice along the shoreline creates stabilization, right? So the sediments aren't stirred up. Sediments have an order of magnitude higher phosphorus, right? So as soon as you lose the vegetation along the shoreline, the sediments can get washed up in waves, and then that phosphorus is released into the water system, and it can uh, change the dynamics of it. So everything is connected from what's on the land, uh, the geology of the land, how much water runs off to the lake, to the aquatic vegetation. It all affects how fast that walleye in that system grows. Okay. So, Um, What about... uh Introducing wild rice into places that hasn't had wild rice before. Is that a smart thing to do? I'm a big fan of keeping systems natural, right? So whatever they were, that's what they should stay. And if there was wild rice at one time and there's no longer any because of degradation caused by humans, then I'm all for trying to uh, get some going again and fixing the issue. Uh, Much like if uh, the fish in the lake aren't spawning and they're supposed to be, fix the issue so that they can so we don't have to stock anymore same type of deal but i'd be more a fan of trying to figure out what the historical natural ecosystem was and having that be there okay um you know obviously we love to harvest wild rice i love many people love wild rice up here and and clearly it's been a a positive for lakes pop the lakes there's no question things you mentioned of course and Certainly for bass anglers on Leech Lake, they know where to find them in the summertime. Sure. <laughs> They're going to be in the wild rice. Yeah. So it's, it's, it makes life easy for us. In fact, one of my favorite fishing spots is right on a drop-off near the edge of a wild rice bed. So uh, on yeah. Lake Andrusia. So that's a really, you know, yeah. I connected with this question immediately when I saw it. You can tell I was, it's a tough question though. Uh, my opening answer there on the ecosystem, how things are all connected, that wasn't as smooth as I wanted it to be. <laughs> right? So it's uh, just, it's a tough 
thing. But every that's the kind of the message is that everything is very connected in aquatic ecosystems, uh, from the vegetation to the landscape surrounding the water, and it plays a big role. And yeah, and you mentioned about people liking to harvest wild rice and things like that. I think that's very important because uh, they're invested in it and they see the value of it. And then there it's it's easy to protect those things. So uh, when people are really heavily invested in something, okay, it's great. All right, uh, another tough question for the aquatic biologist. You came through with flying colors. <laughs> Wouldn't <laughs> say that on this one, but we'll try. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. We appreciate your time today. Thank you. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.